In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, holler at your boy. This is Len, aka the Bat Triple. And on this stop on the mission for longtime missionaries, they may have a bit of deja vu as we revisit a film that we had technical difficulties with. So tonight we will make it right. 1976's The Bingo Long Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings from 1976, a Motown-produced film starring Billy Dee Williams, James Earl Jones, Richard Pryor, and a bevy of black actors. Mm-hmm. But before we get to the Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. And the Motor Kings. You can't forget the Motor Kings. Not forget the Motor Kings. I have to admit, I oftentimes forget the Motor Kings. We're going to get right into it, ladies and gentlemen, right. because uh, right in. we've got a thick show for that's you this right. evening. Got to kick that mule. That's just a reference to the movie. You know, that's what we do here. <laughs> we talk about movies. Can I get to the emails? <laughs> Look. Oh. <laughs> um, it's for we got some emails, ladies and gentlemen. So that means we have missives from the missionaries. Right. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have... Emails, Vincent. Ooh, missives from the missionaries. Ooh. 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 Missives from the missionaries. Missives from the missionaries, ladies and gentlemen. Number one, Vincent. Okay. <clears throat> this is from uh, Patra. Patra M. from Paris. Oh, hey, Patra. It has been a minute. Yeah. Uh, Patra has uh, written us uh, on behalf of her podcast, the Carol Caramint. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Patra, I hope you 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 good over in Paris. Oh, I'm sure she's. You know, it's a bit of a ruckus in Paris. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. but I'm go ahead. Sure, she's fine. Yeah, doing well. She wrote us about the best man universe. Plus, the harder they come. Okay. All right. The best man universe episode was entertaining. Okay. I kept wondering how the series was perceived because I didn't see that many reviews about it as if the project wasn't worth being talked talked about. Mm-hmm. Even if storytelling wise, things could have been done better. I still like the franchise for being part of my life in the past three decades. Sure. Sure. I think a lot of people, that's pretty much the consent. Absolutely. Absolutely. About the Harper Robin relationship, mm-hmm. were Sanaa Lathan and Tay Diggs really put together to make us believe they'd be a happy couple? 
It was always my understanding that the whole point was for us to root for Harper slash Jordan. So it was necessary for Harper and Robin not to be a good match. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't like is how Harper and Jordan have been friends for three decades. And while there's a mutual attraction, we're still not given enough for wanting them to give it a try. That's taking slow burn to another level and not in a good way. And Harper is forever the worst. Oh, yeah. I truly enjoyed how oh, nuanced yeah. fatherhood was portrayed in the series, Oliver. Um, I think that's a, a good read in regards to like Harper and, and Robin mm -hmm. um, that we were, I think we are meant to kind of root for Harper and Jordan. Well, it's weird because when you think about the first movie, mm -hmm. I just forgot Sonali Lathan's character's name. That's Robin. Robin. Robin is, she's almost like a framing device. That's exactly. Like she's in the first scene mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then Harper comes to New York. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of comes at the end after everything has gotten all crazy. Right. Which is why the argument that we are meant to be rooting for Harper and Jordan. Right. Is is a valid one. Although when you listen to it, they've been together for two years. She had just moved in with him. Mm -hmm. This seemed like something. Yeah. It seemed like a, that a, in a, her mind, substantial, this is going somewhere. Right. Right. So he led her on, lied to her mm -hmm. because Harper's the most terrible person in fiction or nonfiction in the history of recorded um, history. History. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, Patrick continues. Okay. The, anyway, the magical Caribbean approach was still annoying to me, but did you know that the lady chef Robin Meets is actually a French actress? Her latest film, Batumama, won a NAACP award for Outstanding International Motion Picture. Since you review The Harder They Come in June for Black Music Month, and June is also the Caribbean Heritage Month, and you also talked about the Caribbean in this episode, I was wondering if you'd review Cool Runnings. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the representation of Jamaican people in the 90s. And since Len said breakdancing shouldn't be in the Olympics... How about reviewing You Got Served? Oh, I know you're going to say no, but it's still worth the try. You've, well, first of all, thank you, Patrick. You've Got Served quietly has been, I'm not going to say it's on my short list, but it's on my long list. And Cool Runnings has all, almost all been pulled a few cool times. Cool Runnings has absolutely almost been pulled yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, more than a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she has a real yes or no. Are you a fan of Cool Runnings? I remember enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. me too. It's been a minute since yeah, I've seen it. But, yeah. Um, now I suspect because I'm not of Caribbean ancestry, I probably have no return to it. Or no, I probably have fonder feelings for it wow, than someone true. from because I do remember the, there was a little bit of backlash. And well, I just remember the accents being a little yeah. It's like ooh, this yeah. Ooh, I don't know if this is. Does it sound authentic? Well, no, this is how people in Jamaica actually talk. And, ooh, Leon, what's happening? But go ahead. Remind me, isn't that um, the coach? Is that John Candy? Yes, John Candy. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to make sure it's John mm -hmm. Candy. Uh, Petra has a real question. Okay. Is there a dance film 
you'd have yet to review, but you'd like to. I know what your answer is going to be. Keep up the good work and congratulations on the way the podcast keeps growing. Peace, uh, Patra. Petra M. from Paris. Thank you, Patra. What, what do you What are you thinking about that? I would say. Oh, what's the movie you always want to to challenge to bring to us because you believe that it is in fact a black film? I have no idea what you're talking about. Starring, uh, uh, um, I just drew, drew a blank on, on on her name, Gabrielle Union. Oh, um. Damn, how did I just forget the name? And, and that's a cheerleading movie. I mean, but cheerleading, dancing. How did I just forget the name of that movie? What is it called? Bump and Grind? Stop Bump and Grind. Don't do that. <laughs> it's, um, what's the name of it? Somebody's going to shout it out in the chat. I know that. Come on, y'all. Cheerleader movie. Get Gabrielle, Gabrielle Union. Union. And what's her name? And, uh, yeah, because it's, it's the white girl is the lead. Yeah. Um, Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. Like to me, that's kind of like a dance movie. Okay, all right. I can't think of another dance movie that I would choose. I can't either. Yeah. Um, unless you want to count. I mean, I am. I am fascinated. I didn't like them, but I am fascinated by that '90s subgenre of black people teach a suburban white person how to dance. And then that suburban white person is the best at dancing. It's almost like 90s hip hop Tarzan movies. It's like, almost like 90s hip hop, The Last Samurai. So what is, yeah, yeah, but it is. <laughs> but it is that Tarzan formula mm, mm, where, you know. I mean, I'm trying to think of a film you're talking about. Like uh, it, it's, it's the main one with Julia Stiles. It's like Julia Stiles. Oh, that's with her and Kerry her. Washington's actually in that. Kerry Washington, but I think isn't. And then it's the little brother from. Um, isn't is it Derek? Not Derek. Is it Derek Luke? It's not Derek Luke. Oh, I think I know what the movie you're talking about, though. I, I, I'm kind of seeing that now. Yeah. I'm kind of and then that. like Honey, and it's like a oh bunch, I forgot it's about like a honey. bunch of those. It was a bunch of those movies I in the nineties. Honey. Yeah. We're like, if you were save the last, someone just said it, save the last dance. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're like, if you were a suburban white person, your biggest fantasy was to be taught how to break hip hop dance it's by, that, by actual black people. Is that what hip hop dance? It was like hip hop dance in the nineties. Mm. And like, you kind of did stuff and like actual black people taught you how to do it. And then you were the best at it. Don't you ever do that on camera again. I'm just saying, but that was a fantasy. So, like, I am kind of fascinated by that kind of subgenre. You're fascinated in rhythm? Yeah, look, man. <laughs> didn't look. have much right there. Right. But no dance movies for you? Not that I can think of. Not, no. Um, yeah. No. Th that I would like to review. Like, oh, my God, I can't wait to review this. No. I can't even, no. Like, did we review? We didn't, didn't review Flashdance, did we? We didn't, and Flashdance is sort of fascinating. That's that's one yeah. that maybe yeah. you could kind of pull in yeah. there and, like, you yeah. know, play around with it a little bit, but... Yeah. No. Flashdance is actually a really good one. I know. We, I mean, we did we did Breaking 1 and 2. Like, what else did we have? Um, 
We got another email, Vincent. Okay. This one is from Michael Skies. Hey, what's up, Michael? Hello, Len and Vincent. I've been listening to your podcast since COVID. Okay. It really helps me through tough times. I really thank you too for that and for making the great podcast. You're welcome, sir. Would it be a good idea if you two did the class of 1998? Mm. It was also a time when black filmmakers had a lot of films that debut or had movies that came out that year. Um, Ride, starring Malik Yopa, directed by uh, Millicent Shelton. Caught Up, starring Bokeem Woodbine, written directed by Darren Scott. I Got the Hookup by Master P. He Got Game. Um, with Denzel Washington and Ray Allen, uh, Have Plenty, mm-hmm. Christopher Scott Sherrod, The Players Club. Mm-hmm. Is that a dance movie? <laughs> sure. Um, uh, you want no secret? I've never actually seen The Players Club from beginning to end. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is the class of ni- if the class of ninety eight is not in the running, how about the class of nineteen ninety one? Or the class of 1972. And P.S. When are y'all going to review Across 110th Street? Across 110th Street has been shortlisted with me too. I almost picked Across 110th Street this month instead of what I ended up picking from the 70s. Oh, okay. That's how shortlisted that is. All right. All right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's high on the shortlist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know about So like- stay tuned, Michael. Class of 1998 or 91, 72. I mean, you could, there's tons of films like years, pick a year, mm-hmm. you know, you can um, pull them out from there. Um, so those are all good ideas, mm-hmm. Michael. We actually just had they a are. meeting about what our next mini project is going to be. We did. Um, and it promises to be something really, really fun, really special. Um, we were talking it over with our, our assistant producer, um, our associate producer, mm. I should put, um, Maurice and, uh, just, just yesterday. Just yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday. Um, stay tuned for that. That's going to yeah, be absolutely really cool. We're looking forward to that. All right. We got uh, one more email, Vincent. All right. What we got? And this one is from April McFadden. Hey, what's up, April? Hi, Len and Vince. I have so many things. Okay. All right. All right. I have listened to many episodes. The person who said you are, you all are the quiet storm of black films is spot on. <laughs> I don't know who said that. I don't know, but I'll take it. <laughs> I smell a t-shirt. <laughs> if nothing else, a new banner on the website. Right, right. Uh, I appreciate the nuance, depth, and breadth that is in every review. I put all my serious friends onto it. Nice. Thank you. I was exposed to y'all because I heard an ad for the class of 1989 in my daily news podcast shuffle. Currently, I'm binging all of your Tyler Perry reviews. (laughs) Which I'm sure her serious friends would enjoy because those are Mm -hmm. very serious episodes. Um, presently listening to Acrimony, the only Tyler Perry film I've seen once. Shamefully, I background watch a lot. Your reviews are hysterical and spot on with the analysis. I only have a few small things about Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Okay. Tiffany Evans plays the teenager wanting to sing. 
Mm -hmm. I remember watching it for the first time and being so confused about Cecily Tyson <laughs> being the daughter of Medea. You know what? Don't even get us, don't even get us pulled back into that. Because <laughs> you remember that, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. It was, um, yeah. So, so All right. We'll, okay. we'll be in we'll right. another podcast. Yeah. Also in Stupid Things, Tyler Perry playing Brian, the lawyer, had no legal expertise. <laughs> Other things. Vince. Yes. You not liking collard greens really hurt me. I know. I know. Your review of Across the Spider-Verse helped me with the second watch, gave me things to look for. Y'all have ruined brown sugar for me. Points were made, but it was my favorite black rom-com, and now I can't unsee chemistry issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be back. Keep doing what y'all do. It's fun dipping back and forth in time and listening to the podcast evolve, especially the sound quality. Oh, we just had a conversation about that before the start of the I show. I tell you, I tell you. People are spot on. So thank you, April McFadden. Yes, thank you, April. Thank you. That was really dope. That was really cool. Appreciate that. Um, we also uh, heard this email Somebody sent us an email while they're listening to the show. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. All right, what we got? Um, speaking of dance movies, this is <laughs> this is from this is from Joe Hurd. Okay, Joe. Speaking Who heard of this just now. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of dance movies, um, is cheerleading dance really? I think they're saying that it, right, right, that right, indeed right. it's dance, or, or that it's not dance. It sounds like he said. Well, really? it says is cheerleading is cheerleading is dance really? That's what they wrote. Okay, all right. I okay. think they're trying to say that cheerleading is. I don't know. All right. Perhaps Joe will send another. Email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two dance movies to consider. Okay. Are dance with me. Okay. You know that movie? I, I don't. Uh, I, I feel like I know that movie. Okay. And another one, and this is one that I actually am thinking about pulling, um, but I actually was thinking about, to be honest, for next year, sometime next year, is Paris is Burning. I, Paris is Burning. I meant to say to you, we said we were going to meet, but you know, hell, we'll just do it right now, live in front of people. That's what you do all the time. I was thinking we should have a documentary month. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, I was, I I was literally when the show ended, when we were going to talk afterwards, going to say, how would you feel about a documentary month? That you had an idea of like what month you might be. No, 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 no. Cause well, I mean, you know, I know we, we got August already and we're going, but I was thinking, and, and I've been thinking about Paris is burning. It's so funny. We're talking about this. How did we get on to this? So maybe, and for those who don't know, give them the, the 30 second on Paris is burning. Paris, it's a very Paris is burning accomplished is and, the is is the legendary and and many people have argued a bit problematic documentary yeah. that came out in the early 90s about gay black 
and Hispanic ball culture. Right. So if you like RuPaul in, in any of those shows. Or um, what was the show? Um, Pose. Well, Pose. Pose. Pose was actually set during the, the during during the time, time during the documentary of oh, that the documentary right. was it like like this was the this was the um one of the first yeah if yeah. not the first documentary about that ball culture mm-hmm. and and I was talking to some friends of mine about um I don't even know how we got on to oh but we were talking about the 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 dance the 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 dance and club culture in Baltimore. Because mm-hmm. Baltimore, if you don't know, was a big house music well, yeah. town. You know, it's right. like Baltimore, Chicago, mm-hmm. New York. Yeah, New York, right. Washington, D.C. Okay, I was going to say D.C. So, so, you know, I actually grew up around it. And I was, like, we were talking about how, how, like, a lot of dudes in Baltimore are strangely progressive mm-hmm. about this kind of stuff. And you wouldn't necessarily think that we were. Mm-hmm. Just because that's it was just it was there it was ambient. It's not so much your progressive. It's just it's it's it's, it's just, there, right? It's it's right. there. So, and I was talking, and a friend of mine said he had never actually seen Paris is Burning. Okay, and we were like, oh my god, you got to watch Paris is. This is what it is. This is how we started because we were talking about Madonna. We were talking about all right. So we'll just go all the way back to the beginning. So Sinead O'Connor passed. Yes. And Sinead O'Connor passed and Ice Cube has turned into an asshole all of a sudden. So we were just talking about like our 90s heroes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and then we're, you know, we're talking about Sinead O'Connor and when she was on Saturday Night Live and and ripping. And then, you know, we were just talking about the, the 80s, 90s icons. And Madonna came up because Madonna did some real whack shit. I don't know if you remember, so she, if you, Sinead O'Connor was on Saturday Night Live, tore with the picture of the Pope. She was protesting the child molestation cases yes. in the Catholic Church. Either the week after that or two weeks after that, Madonna came on. and she said, was, on, was she on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, too? and she did a whole lot of slick shit where she was making fun of it. Mm-hmm. So quietly, I always kind of looked at Madonna a little because of that. So then we were talking about Madonna being whack. And then people said, um, we were talking about the song Vogue mm-hmm. and how much Madonna did or did not appropriate appropriate or so. So then that got us to black ball culture. Okay. And, okay. you know, like half of my crew is from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So like we said, oh, you know, this, that and the other. And then it got us talking about it. And then one of my other friends said he had never seen Paris is burning. So I like I was thinking Paris is burning is actually why I was going to say we should do documentary a month. documentary month so we can talk about Paris is burning. Okay. So who wrote that? That was uh, oh man, you, you want to ask me? April McFadden. April. We have not done Paris is burning, but Paris is burning. Oh no, is, sorry. I, I, that was that was the last email. Joe heard. Joe heard. Joe, we have not done Paris is burning, but Paris is burning is very shortlisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very shortlisted. I used to teach Paris is burning. You did. That's mm-hmm. part of your. Um... I used to teach a race and gender class. Okay. And it was one of my texts. I can see that going over to like really good. I mean, you know. Good conversation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. All right, 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that are our missives from the missionary. Before mm-hmm. we move on with the rest of the show, I want to give you a heads up that Vincent and I are very honored to have been asked and we accepted the invitation to be part of the Black Star Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Which uh, kicks off tomorrow here yes, in Philadelphia. It's Black Star on Broad because they're going to be right on the heart of Center City on Broad Street here in Philadelphia in the Kimmel Center Cultural Campus. And Vincent and I, the Michelle Mission, will be on the Daily John stage on Saturday, the 5th at 7 p.m., where we will be talking with the directors of a new. Documentary. There you go. Documentary about the history of black astronauts called The Space Race. We'll be talking to producers uh, uh, there August 5th, 7 p.m., the Daily Jones stage, the Michelle Mission at the Black Star Film Festival. Go to blackstarfest.org for information and, and tickets. And we hope to see you there. All right. All right. Now, mm-hmm. oh, Dylan, it is now time for the top five. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is... Top five, ladies and My gentlemen. Hey, is... how you doing? Top five, ladies and gentlemen, My where I have is... a top five list, and I will My present it to is... Vincent, and he will give his commentary on My it. And Vincent, tonight, as always, we are in theme. Okay. But we're going to do it a little different. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, because tonight's top five is a game. Mm. And it's a game that I like to call Top Five Bingo. Top Five Bingo. I see what you did there. All right. All right. All right. Now, to make this more fun, we are going to give someone from our studio audience an opportunity to win a... Five pack, B I N G O. Okay. Of black movies. Wow. That will be sent directly to you. Look at you with prizes. I've got prizes. I see. I've got prizes. What black movies will will they win? Ask me that, Vincent. What black movies will they win, Lynn? Well, I'm glad you asked me that, Vincent. Okay. Here are the right. black films that they will be um, playing for, ladies and gentlemen. They will have the option of receiving. Show, well, Showtime. Oh. Starring Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro. Here you go. Fresh and funny. They play off each other hilariously in this uh, comedy that was directed by Tom Day. Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro, as you've never seen them before. I've never seen this film, so maybe I'll play. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you'll be able to play, but we'll see what we can do, Vincent. Mm-hmm. They will also be playing for My Baby's Daddy. <laughs> Three Men and a Baby meets Boys in the Hood. Okay, well, that's a surprise. Now you laugh. I am laughing. But this film is directed by uh, Michelle Mission favorite, Cheryl Dunier. Shut up. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Why would I lie to you? Why do I lie to you? Cheryl Dunier. Oh, is this what she did after Watermelon Woman? <laughs> Sometime after, yes. She did My Baby's Daddy, which stars Eddie Griffin and Anthony Anderson, Michael Imperioli, and Method Man. 
You, this could be yours, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. What else? You'll also be playing for The Jackal, <laughs> which stars Bruce Willis and Richard Gere. Now you're saying, well, that's not a black film. Wait. This is the final feature film of Sidney Poitier. Yes, yes, it is indeed. It is indeed. This movie <gasps> contains <laughs> Wait a minute. This movie <laughs> This movie contains one of my single favorite Sydney Portier scenes ever. There's There's a scene where I think like Bruce Willis, I think he's the jackal. Yes, yes, yes. And 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 Sidney Poitier is like this, like this CIA, FBI agent chasing the jackal. We have to locate the jackal. It's like you were there. <laughs> and there's a scene where I think they're like at an airport and there's this lineup of, of cop cars, right? And Bruce Willis is here and Sidney Poitier is here with all these, all his men right, lined right, up. Right, right, because he's probably in charge. Right, he's yeah. in charge. And they're about to, like, you know, take on each other. Mm -hmm. And Bruce Willis kind of, like, runs towards them. Mm -hmm. And Sidney Poitier, he just goes, and everybody just starts running. Take him. <laughs> take him. Because you're thinking, like, what is Sidney going to do? Take him. <laughs> he just, take him. <laughs> and he's got this serious look. <laughs> I was in lilies of the field. Oh, this is terrible. But it could be yours. <laughs> All right, come on, let's shackle. All right, what else we got? What else could be yours, ladies and what, gentlemen? What, what else? Dream girl. Okay. All right. Now we're talking, right? Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Dream Nony Rose and a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> The movie that made Anika Noni Rose a star, Dream Girls, co-starring Beyonce and Jennifer Hudson and Eddie Murphy and Jamie Foxx. Yes. This could be yours. And is if that's not enough. Oh my goodness, there's more. There's one more. What's the other one? The last one, and okay. this is the one that everyone will be vying for. Okay, and that would be? Is Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. In the movie that he literally wrote himself. Is it Snakes on a Plane? It's Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane. This could be yours. This could be yours. Who wouldn't want to own Snakes on a Plane on DVD? I mean, it's 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 the perfect twofer with My Baby's Daddy. <laughs> my Baby. <laughs> Directed by Cheryl Dunyee. Yes. Right. So these could be yours, ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right. What and how did how would so, so, so what we who we're going to be playing for? Okay. Unbeknownst to you, ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. Dylan and I have been keeping track of all of you out there, all of you loyal missionaries mm -hmm. in the chat mm -hmm. every Thursday that or Tuesday that we uh, stream here. 
we've been keeping track of everyone in the chat playing our own little indivisible game of bingo. Oh. So, the fifth person to chime in on the chat since the beginning of the show, that is indeed the person that we will be playing for. Didn't even know y'all were playing the game. <laughs> Didn't even know. And and I believe, I believe, um, Camelia will, Camelia will zero three was the indeed the fifth person, not there the fifth go. like uh, comment, the fifth person to enter the chat. To enter the chat. There you go. So, Camelia, you are the person that will be playing for all five movies. You got chances to win all five movies in top five bingo. All right. All right? All right. So, how does this work? So, this is how it works, Vincent. Okay. I have taken five stars. Okay. From the film, Bingo Long, Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. Yes. Okay. And I have found a film on these five stars filmography. Okay. That uh, will spell out bingo. Okay. B-I-N-G-O. It's a very high concept game. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. So you, I will give you the star. Okay. And then you will try to def guess the movie that corresponds with that letter. Because I'm going to give with you the a letter. letter. With the letter as well. Okay, all right, Gary, give me one. Now, and, and if you match, uh-huh, then they will win. Okay. So for each match, they will win a movie. This is it's like Uncle Billy's Bible bonkers. This is this is quite the show. All right, let's go. All right. All right. So we're going to start with B. As one does. Bingo. Yes. And we're going to start with Stan Shaw. Stan Shaw, that's right. So you have to give me a Stan Shaw movie that begins with B. A Stan Shaw movie that begins with B. Mm-hmm. And, and you could take out like the and us. They don't. They don't count. See, the problem is I don't know what Stan Shaw is in. Besides Harlem Nights, really? Well, he's in Bingo Long's Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings. Oh well, Bingo Long. <laughs> okay, but that's not. Why not? Because it's you didn't say you didn't say I couldn't use it. I didn't say that. All right, so I'm using Bingo Long. Well, well, no, no, you can't tell me no. Okay, uh, you can't uh, change the rules once the game has started. Okay, I'm trying to help you now. Okay, because that obviously is not the one I use. So the idea is you want to try and match. All right. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, then you won't get it. Camilla, you're getting this one because he didn't tell me I couldn't use bingo. So I'm using bingo, which starts with a B, which were the rules that you just told me. Okay. All right. All right. So you'll get, okay. Yeah. You want to give her this one? Yeah, I do. Okay. We'll go. All right. So you've got one movie. All right. You, what movie were you thinking about? The Boys in Company C. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. From 1978. I, th I didn't think you did. It is a film um, directed by Sidney Fury about uh, United States Marine Corps recruits preparing for duty and their subsequent combat in the Vietnam War. It's actually Stan Shaw is the star okay. of this movie, alongside Andrew Stevens and Michael Lembeck. 
It was among the first Vietnam War films to appear after the Vietnam era, because from 1978. Mm -hmm. And it also features the first role for R. Lee, um, R. Lee Ermey of Full Metal Jacket. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, this I thought predates that was, this. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people. All right. um, so... So yeah, so the, it was uh, filmed in the Philippines. The Boys and Company C was Stan Shaw's uh, B movie, right. along with Bingo uh, Long and Bingo and Motor Kings, okay. which also starts with B. Okay. All right, what's next? All right, so Camellia gets a movie. All right, come on, what's next? All right, well, which which movie should we award to Camellia? She gonna get all of them. So she gets. How, how you know she gonna get all? You gotta match all right. them. All right, Snakes on the Plane. All right. All right, she gets Snakes on all the right. Plane. What's next? Next is I. I. Okay. And the actor mm -hmm. is Richard Pryor. An eye film. An eye film. In the. Richard Pryor. In the. Incognito. In. Incredible. I don't know what Richard Pryor was in to start with an I. Because up in smoke. Live is such a strip. Because even his comedy films. Milt Stars. Right? Hotel California is an H. Uptown is U. Ready? Yeah. In God We Trust. 1980, American comedy film uh, starring and starring and directed by Marty Feldman. It also stars Andy Kaufman, Luis Lasser, and Peter Boyle. Richard Pryor appears in the film as God. Okay, yeah, sorry. Camilla's movie that he was in for ten minutes, maybe. He's funny in it. Okay, all right. The funniest thing in the movie. All right, I was about to say it doesn't sound good, but it's I, not good. This is a Richard Pryor movie. It's 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 in his filmography. All right, what's what's in N? Uh huh. Is James Earl Jones N as in Nancy? Oh, he's not in the Natural. He's in Field of Dreams. Is this going to be some other obscure thing that he was like? It's not an obscure movie. But he wasn't really in it. It's Yeah, he's not really in it. Is not it? like the star. He's not he's, he's not the star. He's in it, but he's, he's not the star. For like a scene? He's not the star. All right, what is it? Uh -huh. you, you, can you name the movie? No, no I can't okay. name the movie because <laughs> you're just pulling this stuff out your ass. I had to spell bingo. Um, you're right. <laughs> not really sure. I don't really know how well thought out this high concept was. Go ahead. Naked Gun 33 and a third, the final insult. James Earl Jones is in that? He is in the Naked Gun, in that Naked Gun movie, yes. Alongside Leslie Nielsen, Priscilla Presley. Right, everybody else who's in Naked Gun. O.J. Simpson, OJ Simpson. George yeah. Kennedy. Right, right, everybody who's making, right, but, uh -huh. and, and uh -huh. what's, what's G? Camilla, we're sending you all of these movies, <laughs> by the way. 
So far, she's got snakes on the plane. No, we're going to send all because it's. Camilla, this is a terrible game. We didn't talk about this before the show. This is y'all. We do this in real time. Wait a minute, G. Uh-huh, go ahead. Who's G? Mabel King. Mabel King, in a movie that starts with G. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. You don't want to. No, let's go ahead and put this dog to guess. bed. Yeah, go ahead. We're, we're, we're just, we're, did, did she star in this movie? She's just in it. Is it a picture of her? Like, is someone watching a rerun of what's happening in the background? No, no. She's in the movie. Uh huh. Playing who? I'm not sure. You're right. You just yeah. Yeah, come on, come on. But it's a movie that you like. What is that? Ganja and Hess. Mabel King isn't Ganja and Hess. Barely. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> for you to pull it up. Yeah, IMD. Oh, all right. And go, go ahead. What's O? Oh. <laughs> and O is, of course, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Yes, the movie that begins with O. That begins with O. Yes. Billy D. Williams. Yes. Is, 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 yeah, it's a, well, it's a movie I like. It's a movie you like. Was Which clue you in that it's got white stars? I was about to say, it's some bullshit that he was in for like five minutes. Mm. Um, is, it like on the, is it like the Orient Express? It's his second movie. Uh, it's his second movie. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Come on. What is this? Camilla, we're sending all of these to you. This is... This 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 is a terrible contest. Go ahead. The Out of Towners. Well, of course. Starring Jack Lemon and yes. Sandy Dennis. Uh-huh. And, and he's in it as like busboy too. No, 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 no. He 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 works at, at, at the airport. He were and he's it's a it's a funny scene. It's, it's, oh, oh, it's always he's in one whole scene. And this has been the top five. <laughs> Camilla, offline, if you could email us your address. <laughs> and we will send you all five films. Yes, email us at michellemission at yes. gmail.com. Camilla, and we will send you yes. all five films. All five films. They were yours. Yes. Thank you for playing. Right, right. Now, we're, you know, let's see which will we do with Durville Martin. Let's see you're going to do with Durville Martin today. Yes. You can cue up the Turville Martin music. Yes. Totally. That's the key. Why you would be surprised what a person can do with just a sense of touch and a sense of sound. Six Degrees of Turville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where I convinced two actors and he will have six films or less to connect them to the other the unsung traveling all-star mm-hmm. of the Motor Kings. Yes. Derville Martin. Derville Martin, known to kick a mule. Kick the hell out of a mule. Mm-hmm. Vincent, we are going to keep this in theme. All right. And these are two... <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> these are two stars. <clears throat> two stars of um, other famous baseball movies. 
Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So number one. Number one. Is six films or less. Mm-hmm. And that Derville Martin. Two. Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill of um the Bad News Bears. Very true. Yes. So this is how you get to Tatum O'Neill because um Derville Martin. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get to how am I going to get to Tatum O'Neill because we was really in yeah, yeah. So, so Derville Martin is in. Um, guess who's coming to dinner mm-hmm. with Sidney Portier, who was in the Defiant Ones with Tony Randall. Not Tony Randall. Tony. Um, Curtis. Tony Curtis, who is in Some Like It Hot with Jack Lemmon. Ah. Who is in Grumpy Old Men with Walter Matthau. Who is in the Bad News Bears with, which is maybe my favorite baseball movie with Tatum O'Neill. Very good. Mm -hmm. Very good, Vincent. I love the Bad News Bears. I do too. Love the Bad News Bears. I do. Yeah. I I love the movie as a movie. Mm -hmm. Stop. But it is also one of my favorite childhood uh, memories. Absolutely. Because my older sister took me and my sister, my, my twin sister, to see it. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the few times that at least that I remember mm-hmm. like going out with just her. Oh, that's nice. And just having like a great time. Yeah. And stuff. So yeah. Love the Bad News Bears. And the Bad News Bears go to Japan. Well, I'm glad you you brought that up, Vincent, because our next star. Was in the Bad News Bear Go to Japan. Was the star of the Bad News Bear Goes to Japan. And that would be? That would be one William Devane. I'm not even sure who he was. He's the, he's their he's their coach. Oh, that's right. Because Walter Matthau left. I don't know anything about William Devane. Oh, really? I mean, like you. I, I mean, like, if I see his face, you know, you know him when you see. When him. you see his face, um, this is kind of like an old picture, but did that get, did that help you? Oh, that guy. Did he do a lot of TV work? He did a fair amount of TV I like work. I know him from TV. He's done a fair amount of TV, but he has he shows up in a, a lot of movies as well, like known movies. Like he's not a star in movies, but he's like a one of the you know lead co stars. I don't even remember who else was in Train uh, Breaking Training. Mm-mm. Yeah, what else was he in besides because I'd actually forgotten he was in the Bad News Bears Go to Japan Um, actually now that I'm looking here he's he is the, the coach but he's actually he's in the Bad News Bears and Breaking Training so I think that's the third one yeah I was about that's to say because yeah. yeah, I thought Walter Matthau came back for the sequel no he, I don't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't come back for the sequel All right, what else is William Devane in uh, he was in this one that's going to give it away. I don't want to give you that one. All right. Real quick. He was in, uh, that'll give, this is, he's been in like a few that will give it away. I'm telling you, like it'll, it'll help you. Well, we've already wasted time. He was in, um, 
<laughs> he was in Marathon Man. I don't remember Marathon Man. You don't. Uh, he was in Space Cowboys. God, was that the other mining, the other... No, it's not mine. Well, is that like the 80s astronaut? I don't think they have to mine, but it's like old guys going, old going, guys going, going to space. space. And, and he's he's actually like the... the, the Tommy f- Lee Jones in Light that? director. Of, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Tommy Lee, he's like the second star. Right, right. It's like Tommy Lee Jones and who? Because I can get to Tommy Lee Jones pretty easy. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. It's Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones... Uh, James Garner. James Garner. I can't remember who the fourth one is, but William Devane is the is um, the commander. Like he's the flight director at NASA. Right, right, right. Uh, so who do I want to use out of that crew? Yeah, because Clint and Tommy are. Oh yeah, Clint and Tommy get there. Let's just go ahead and use Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, here you go. We'll keep it Motown because Derville Martin is in um, the final come down with Billy D. Williams, who is in the um, mahogany with Diana Ross. Okay. Who is in the Wiz okay. with Michael Jackson. Okay. Who is in Men in Black 2. Ah, nice one. With Tommy Lee Jones. Nice one. Who's in Space Cowboys with William Devane. Very good. So I use a little Motown. Very, very, very good. He was also in, uh, just to just to give you a little bit more of his bona fides, he was in, in Interstellar. Oh, okay. And he's in The Dark Knight Rises. He, I plays, no the, mem- he plays the president. I have no memory of The Dark Knight Rises. I have very little memory. You know how I feel about the Chris Nolan Batman movie? I know. I, I feel similar. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Well done. All right. There you go. So we've awarded films. We played a game. Yeah. Yeah, and two Bad News Bears references. How about that? How about that? All right. Well, let's get to the baseball movie of the evening. Let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. Let it... Uh, Turn our way um, to, oh, uh, sorry, just quick correction here. I'm seeing William Devane was in the second Bad, Bad News Bears and Tony Curtis was in Bad News Bears in Japan. I think what it is, is that William Devane, he coaches the team mm-hmm. in the second one, but he doesn't go to Japan. Tony Curtis goes, uh, I mean, he goes to Japan with the second one and Tony Curtis coaches the team in the I love what William Devane plays one of their fathers. I love Walter Matthau so much that in my mind canon, he's in every Bad News Bears film. Well, he's the one that made the first one pop. Yeah. Why the first one sing. Right, right. And I can tell you, I'm going to go down a little rabbit hole to figure out what was the brain trust that didn't give Walter Matthau what he needed to be in the second one. Mm, hmm. That's cute. That's interesting. Like, how is the best thing in the Bad News Bears not in the Bad News Bears sequel? I can tell you. I can tell you. I don't know at all. Okay. But I'm willing to bet that it has to do with no matter how successful that movie was, and it was successful. Yeah, yeah. But it was still very much a lower budget movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you get a little slightly higher budget for that second one. 
but they probably can't match um, Walter Matthau's rate because he probably took a bit of a pay cut to do the first one. Why would he have taken a pay cut? Um, maybe he's doing a favor for somebody because it wasn't that big of a budget movie. You know, How much money is Walter Matthau charging in 1974? Well, comparatively for 1974, Walter Matthau well, is a name. year it is. He, he's a name. He's a right, big right, name. Right, right. So they probably can't afford him at that point. Also, who knows whatever movies he's already got lined up. And Walter Matthau is, uh, was noted to be a huge gambler. Mm-hmm. So he's probably going to go for what whatever is offered to him that's given him the best payday. So he can go and, and, and play the ponies. Yes. Yes. And then it was, in fact, the ponies that he was famously played the ponies. Yep. Played the ponies. So bizarre. We were just talking earlier, me and my wife were like, do they still race dogs? They do. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I said. I've never been to a dog race. Me either, but. I have no intention of And I know we said play the ponies, but I just assume when you play, like that covers all of it. Like any type of racing animal mm-hmm. is covered, covered by under race play the ponies. ponies. Play the ponies. You like play the ponies. Okay. All right. All right. And I'm mad at you that I'm going to spend 15 minutes of my life down a bad news bear rabbit hole trying to find the name of the bastard who didn't get Walter Matthau for the sequel. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. in one place at one time for one purpose. Play ball! They say you're a pretty fair hitter. So they say. <laughs> but hit this. Billy D. Williams is Bingo Long. James Earl Jones is Leon Carter. Ball players gotta overthrow the owners and run the teams they own sale. You think we can do that? Do what? Overthrow the owners. Sure. Same David turned white. Richard Pryor is Charlie Snow. From now on, I'm going to be known as Carlos Navarro. <laughs> I'm going to break into the mergers as a Cuban. He can hit, he can run, he can score. Buenas noches, senora. Can I buy you a drink? The Bingo Log, traveling all-stars and motor kings. What you going to do about this mess, Sally Potter? It's the Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings in 1976 American sports comedy about a team of enterprising ex-Negro League baseball players in the era of racial segregation. Loosely based upon William Brashler's 1973 novel of the same name, it stars Billy D. Williams, James Earl Jones, and Richard Pryor. Produced by Barry Gordy in one of almost half a dozen Motown films directed by John Badham, this 
film was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn. Yes. Steal away home. <laughs> and start our conversation of Bingo Long and his traveling all-stars and motor kings. It's interesting in our meeting yesterday that we had with mm -hmm. Maurice, right? We were, among other things, mentioning actors mm -hmm. um, and their place in cinema, right? Uh, and we had brought up James Earl Jones. Yes. And we were talking about the, the gravitas of James Earl Jones and who he is as an actor and what he means to black Hollywood and Hollywood in general. Right? Sure. And it made me, I remember thinking, knowing that we were going to be watching this film, like, I don't remember seeing too much young James Earl Jones. Mm -hmm. And even when you see younger James Earl Jones, he's not 20-year-old James Earl Jones. Like he, sure. you know, he's not teenage James Earl Jones. He is a fully developed man, James Earl Jones. Mm -hmm. Right. So it made me think, okay, how many times can I count on my hand where I've really paid attention to James Earl Jones, his acting and not his, his voice or his presence. Right. Exactly. Because so for, for so long now, he's been like the elder statesman in films where basically he's just being James Earl Jones. Yeah. Certainly damn near our whole lives. Right. Well, yeah, for, yeah. for certainly the bulk of it. Yeah. Um, or he's been a disembodied voice. Sure. On film sure. or even on television, you mm -hmm. know? So, when I watched this film, that was in the back of my mind, which then immediately drew me to noticing him on camera and how he moved in this movie, right? Especially because this movie is 100% a comedy. Yes. And James Earl Jones is not necessarily who you first think about when you think about comedy. No. So it's like, all right, how is he actually moving in this film? Mm -hmm. And having that in my mind, not only, and, and, and when I watched this, not only gave me a new appreciation for this movie, mm -hmm. it gave me, if I could find it, a new appreciation for James Earl Jones, the actor. Okay. Because he is absolutely captivating in this movie and funny. Yes. But while still being at the height of his intelligence mm -hmm. and his performance and his character as Leon in this movie is what keeps this movie from being just simple, a simple buffoonish comedy into actually a slightly smart satire mm -hmm. of a bit. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the the film, like you said, you basically gave the plot. There's these b baseball players who are playing in the Negro Leagues um, who are do not like the way that they are being treated mm -hmm. in the Negro Leagues, which is a shame because the Negro Leagues, the owners, are black people. Oh, yeah. And so these are black people who are treating their 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 players pretty much as chattel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um 
and they're not digging it. So they're going to go off on their own and they're going to go barnstorming and they're just going. And uh, it's almost akin to the story of the Harlem Globetrotters as if it were a baseball team. Mm -hmm. Right. And Bingo Long, played by Billy D. Williams, is the leader of this rebellion. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's the one that goes out and he 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 uh, his characters. If you read some stories loosely based on the great American uh, Negro League pitcher, Satchel Paige, right. um, who, who, depending on who you talk to, may have may have been the first or certainly the second greatest person to ever throw a baseball from a baseball mound. Yes. Um, uh, and then he goes and recruits James Earl Jones's character, Leon, mm -hmm. loosely based on Josh Gibson yes. of the American Negro Leagues, who, if you believe the history, was indeed the greatest hitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of who, the man who ever hit a baseball. Mm -hmm. um, and they create this barnstorming team. Right. And from there, the movie goes into to their their um their adventure, the hijinks or mishaps on the road as they are barnstorming across the country. And the movie takes the time to touch on the um the racism of the time, mm -hmm. the sy systemic racism of the time, mm -hmm. the prejudice of the time, the um the the ingenuity of the time mm -hmm. of black people right at that time to to actually take their circumstance and make the best of that mm -hmm. take those lemons and make the best lemonade you've ever had um and it's all right there in the film and now for the first time and I've seen this film maybe about five or six times in my life but now for the first time I really paid attention that is also um, on display in the lyrics of the song yeah. that are famously sung by Thelma Houston yeah. in this movie. Um, but it takes its, it takes its time with that. It takes its time to to deal uh, again with some of the gender politics of the time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, especially in the role of Mabel King. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it is it is so the best, but but it's a film that it, it didn't necessarily have to do that. Like if this movie no. was simply just these guys dressed up in their beautiful baseball um, jerseys, mm -hmm. it made me remember. Like I want to see if I can get a bingo long all star mm -hmm. baseball jersey because I would rock that joint today. It's funny when you do not to break, but when you Google bingo long. That's like the third search that comes up. This jersey, bingo right? long jerseys. Yes, because yeah. they are they are, mm -hmm. they are sharp, man. Yeah. Um, but like it, it, it's a film that didn't have to do that. If you, it was just these guys just being funny, especially in 1976, mm -hmm. in the height of the That's films right. that are coming out at that time, mm -hmm. that would have been enough for people. But the, no, this movie takes them the time to to actually have something to say about these times. This movie actually takes the time to uh accurately depict the time in which it is stamped. This film takes place in 1939 and it actually really feels like 1939 when you're watching this movie. Right. Like I I was actually surprised by how 
accurate so many of the settings and the clothing mm-hmm. and, and the, the speech and the mannerisms and the dialogue. Everything about this was so spot on to period yeah. that I just got lost, which was the best kind of movie experience. I mean, just, just the, lost in that time. The, the setting, just the Georgia setting. It yes. Felt. It felt so, yeah. so mm-hmm. real, man. Absolutely. And, and every, and, and you know, like everyone that's in the cast feels legitimate, but so does all the set dressing. So do mm-hmm. all the extras. It just feels so, so 100% authentic that you just get lost in that. And then you just get lost and and in the humor of it all, in the, in, in the humanity of the movie. Um, it is really just an, a, 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 a very warm experience watching the watching the film uh i am i've on record here on the the podcast and i am not the biggest fan of billy d williams as an actor sure anything against him as a man but this may be to me his best performance look he is he he this is the movie where like hollywood certainly tried to prop up billy d williams as our leading man mm-hmm. at some point, right, 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 right. and they, and he took a couple of shots at it, right. You, we've often mentioned the the final come down. Uh, we mentioned mahogany, right, right. This is another one that tries to take that stamp, and this is probably to me like the closest he gets to it mm-hmm. because he is acting against James Earl Jones, who is pulling out, who is putting it all on film for you and for the most part he's going one-on-one with him yeah oh yeah he's absolutely. right there with him and they actually have a good chemistry yeah. with one with one another and they have a friendship that is authentic and real they get mad at each other but you feel it like his brother's getting mad mm-hmm. um and it, it really permeates off the screen right uh so i i enjoyed him Another person who this is one of his earliest uh, acting roles, spot on, maybe never as hilarious, Richard Pryor. Yeah. In a relatively small mm-hmm. but pinnacle role mm-hmm. um, as pick a name, Carlos uh, Nevada. Charlie Snow. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Snow. Charlie Snow. What's his, what's his last name? Um what? Oh, I forget his Indian. His he got an yeah. Indian name yeah. at the end. Um, but he's he's hilarious in this movie. Like you will, you will, you will never <laughs> forget the math about how to figure out a baseball average. <laughs> oh no, that's not right. That's gonna be right. So my bad average before. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> oh God, it's so the. So funny, mm-hmm. so funny. But but he is called to bring on some of the pathos in the movie. Yes, and gets that over. Yes, definitely get, sticks the landing with that. Right, um, you know Ted Ross right off of the stage as the lion in the Wiz. Mm-hmm. This is his feature film debut. That's right, That's and right. he he's the he's the uh, the villain of the piece. And oh my God, he's 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 chewing the scenery and having such a ball in this movie. He is having such a ball in this movie. The only person I think is having more fun in this movie than Ted Ross is Mabel King. Mabel King is queen. She is switching and swaying. She's able to be sexy in this movie. Look, look, 
Lord. Look, 100%, 100% owning it. Um, like it's, it's just a feel good movie. Um, there was a part of me that went into this exercise thinking, is this a movie that is rife for remaking? And I was like, no, this is a movie that is ripe for rescreening. Yes. Someplace. Yes, absolutely. Because, because it, because it is so set in its time and so accurate in its mm-hmm. time, you could watch it now because you're not watching the seventies movie. Right. You're watching a time capsule to 1939. Right. And how these black men would be acting and performing in, uh, at this time. And that's just the movie itself. But then when you dig into the story of it, that these are these, these, these black men who decide that they want to be the um, arbiters of their own fate, taking things under their own control mm-hmm. against whomever, even if it's against uh, uh, our people, mm-hmm. like there may be, because as always, we've always got some of our people that are trying to keep us down for one reason or, mm-hmm. or another, but they are out there taking control of their fate, entertaining our people. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when they have to go and be entertained, they're forced to go enter, uh, play games against the white teams and in front of the white crowds. Um, and then they have to perform in front of the white crowd. Right. White crowds. This film takes the time to give you the reasoning behind exactly. that. Exactly. Show you the 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 effect of uh, why they are doing so. And because it does that, you never feel like I never felt like they were cooning in exactly. any type of way. Exactly. They were shucking and jiving. Right. They were actually just being hu- humorous. Right. And the and in 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 a way, in the same way that the the Harlem Globetrotters never feel like they're cooning because you can always tell throughout all of the stunts and all the hilarity that they are some of the most, the greatest athletes and basketball players mm-hmm. to ever set uh, foot on a, on a uh, basketball court. The Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings are able to do what they do in front of these white crowds because... They are the best baseball players yeah. in the world. There's only one, there's one thing they do that is very cringeworthy that, that I would have preferred to for that not to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. And if you were to remake the movie, they probably, or, or if they had a second uh, shot at the apple, they probably would have edited out. Mm-hmm. And that's the time where... Billy D. Williams pitches in the gorilla gorilla suit suit. Um, because it comes out of left field. It adds nothing and, and and it plays to the lowest common denominator. And it also plays to how, because, and it also hurts because it is in front of the white crowd. Right. Um, So it even hurts all the more. Right. But, uh, but other than that one brief scene. Yeah. Everything else feels authentic and real and you understand why they're doing what they're doing. And even and even in doing even though they do that, they still take the time for through James Earl Jones character, Leon, to still show the other side. Like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. You have one of them actually commenting on. Right. So you yeah. got the commentary mm-hmm. right there, man. It and, and and again, for this film to be right in the middle 
in the heart, in the thrust, in the in like the apex mm-hmm. of the seventies black, you know, quote unquote black exploitation, black film, you know, renaissance mm-hmm. at that time. It is it 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 stands out as like to me a monumental achievement in filmmaking. I love this movie. Yeah. Look, if you program some AI to make a film that Vince loves, it, it's like it's like it was printed out of a computer. Like Motown in 1976 made a film about the Negro Leagues, mm-hmm. starring the two black guys from Star Wars. And half the cast of the Wiz. <laughs> like this is it's it's it, everything that you said. I love this movie. Um, I love the performances in this film. Just just to sort of repeat things that you've said. The the center relationship in this film of James Earl Jones and Billy D. Williams. Much like you, I think James Earl Jones. We celebrate him. For so many other aspects mm-hmm. of his acting, James Earl Jones is a pretty funny guy, though. Like you yeah. think about moments in Claudine, you think about moments in a film that isn't as good as he is in the moments that he's in it. A piece of the action. I thought you were going to say Naked Gun thirty thirty. No, I was not going to say that. You know, James Earl Jones is a funny guy. I like Billy D. Williams more than you do, but I do think it's noteworthy. That for an actor, that his whole kind of persona at this moment is shaped around him being, you know, Dark Gable. Mm-hmm. Like he's the leading man. He's the ladies man. He's actually doesn't have a romance in this film no. at all. Nope. Like the one moment at the beginning, you know, it, it actually ends up being a joke where he says, I'm going to meet this girl. And Leon has the girl already. Mm-hmm. But then that's the end of him as a romantic figure. You don't see him with another woman. As you said, though, the two of them have this wonderful camaraderie. And the film very smartly wraps the narrative around this relationship. I think it's a well-directed film. Um, as you said, it, it, it feels like making Georgia and the area around Macon where it was filmed. Here's something kind of weird. Like I noticed today, because because I guess the print that I saw was remastered, or but it was a pretty crisp print. And I remember thinking, wow, this looks really good. And I looked it up, and the cinematographer, who is, I just had him up, and of course now I don't have it in front of me, Bill Butler. Bill Butler is a cinematographer from The Conversation, mm. Jaws, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Rocky. Wow. So, you know, this is is a good looking film because of, you know, just the level of quality around it. Um, Ted That's Ross, interesting that, that I'm sorry, that, that he's the filmographer for, for Jaws, because at one time, Steven Spielberg right. was interested in wanted doing to this. produce it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love Ted Ross. Oh, my God. I absolutely love Ted Ross and I love Mabel King and you hit on it. One thing that I've always loved about Mabel King is that, you know, she is a woman of a considerable size. Mm -hmm. She has never, ever been desexualized though. Nope. Nope. Like you, you hit the nail on the head. She is a sexy woman Mm -hmm. so that there is this really wonderful energy with her 
in this room full of men, these male owners, you know, Ted Ross, like you said, is the leader of the owners. And the two of them going back and forth, I could watch a recut version of this film from the perspective of the owners. <laughs> yeah. Because I love the two of them together so much. Yeah. Richard Pryor, as you say, he's not in here a lot. You get the sense that he's almost doing Motown a solid. Like you get the sense that maybe he had two or three days of filming. Okay. Because you, you, you know, like I was looking, you know, it's like the bulk of his scenes are in the car mm -hmm. and in, in the locker room. Yeah. Like you don't see a lot of him on the, on the, the road, on the road, but when he's there, he's fantastic. And and I would I would actually go along with what you were saying about it shouldn't be remade. It should be reshown. But I would also add, speaking of the Bill Cosby, Sidney Portier films, I got a sense from this film like I got from something like the first of their films, Uptown Saturday, Uptown Saturday Night, where this is a group of actors that you get the sense that they all knew each other. Mm -hmm. They had all kind of been in Hollywood, been in show business together, and they all enjoyed each other's company. Right. Like you got the sense that these actors were almost hanging out. Well, yeah, because like you said, it's filmed on location. It's filmed on location. At this point, as you said, Mabel King um, and, and Ted Ross are in The Wiz. Right. Obviously, Richard Pryor. And um, Billy D. Williams and I'm going to assume James Earl Jones. They all know each other. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a bunch of working actors in here that are examples of, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. So, you know, it it is a really warm film. But then the added level, you do have this really light social commentary about the racism they do. I mean, hell, the plot of the movie as we're in week whatever of the writers and actors strike. The film plot begins because of a labor issue. Yeah. <laughs> One of the players gets injured. They don't have health insurance. They're not paid right. right. And 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 these two main characters, Bill uh, Bingo and Leon say, you know, we need to seize the means of production. <laughs> right. Right. So it's this timeless message, as you talked about, you, you know, I think a lot is made sometimes of 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 the hijinks that the that these Negro League teams did. I love the fact that they take a beat for Bingo to say we have to do a little bit of this because we can't beat up on these white teams. But so much exactly because things can get dangerous exactly. very quickly. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything about this film, I think, is spot on. I, I think this film is a perfect example of one of my ongoing black film conspiracies that I think a lot of Motown stuff was suppressed or or not celebrated because the powers that be didn't like Motown kind of making movies because there's no way this film should not have a higher profile than it does historically. Like there's no reason whatsoever we don't talk about Bingo Long and his traveling all-stars and Motor Kings the way we talk about a lot of films from this period. 
And I think in a lot a lot of ways, this film has been lost. Well, well, I do agree that yeah. it's been lost because there's a lot of people that don't know of this film. Right. It's a lot of people that call themselves film historians or film like film lovers and, and don't know of, of this film. Um, and I think it's because, you know, the flash of the, you know, the the Fred Williamson, Jim Brown, Jim Kelly, Pam Greer movies of this moment kind of like rise to the top and films like this quite as kept Claudine and and even the um Bill Cosby Sidney Poitier movies they just kind of like just settle mm-hmm. to the bottom and you're right it it it's a shame that that happens um in regards to Motown however i wonder if part of that is you know some self-inflicted wounds of, of of Motown. I think they. I think because Motown, their their movie output was as far as quality was a little hit or miss, a little shaky for the most part. To in my viewpoint, mm-hmm. I know you probably don't share the same opinion. Um, but I, it, it makes me wonder how much would was maybe left in the coffers to really give a good promotional push mm-hmm. to a lot of their films, uh, especially a film uh, like this uh, in 1976. It is a shame, of, though. Right. And right. I will say, and, and I know you did, when you read the reviews of this film from 1976, they were, they were way more muted than they should have been. Like, sure. way more muted. Well, they weren't almost begrudging. Well, so a lot of them were kind to, most of them were kind to the performances, not as kind to the direction. Right. And I do think, I do think the direction is, it's not horrible. It's not like egregious, but I mean, it's serviceable. It's certain, but it's, but it is serviceable um, uh, for certain. Um, But yeah, you're right. I think it is a movie worth revisiting. I think it, like, I think, um, and shout out to like you know we we recently screened five on a black hand side right at the Grimmar Film Institute, and I like that movie. It's mm-hmm. a it's a nice movie, mm-hmm. but you know, this, if you don't know about that movie, okay, you don't know about this movie, you're missing something. Right, right. I think you're really missing something in this movie. You're you're missing an opportunity to see. James Earl Jones, as probably the bulk of people have never seen him mm-hmm. before, um, you're missing to, uh, an opportunity to really and in, in see Billy D. Williams mm-hmm. um, and all the charm that you probably have heard whispers about at mm-hmm. the, at this point. Um, believe it or not, there are some people who are, have forgotten or don't really know Richard Pryor anymore. Mm. So I think I think Richard Pryor is slowly becoming a forgotten name. So this is the, an opportunity to opportunity to return to to him at the full height of his powers. Mm-hmm. And if he's a forgotten name, then you know they don't know Ted Ross or Mabel King. I know, you know, and I know, and and, and and as good as she is in it, I would hate for people to just think Mabel King is the mama on what's happening. Here's the thing, though. I th- I think part of the reason Mabel King is gone is because what's happening has kind of faded has started to fade away from, from the public. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, even sort of um, black pop culture 
consciousness. I know because now, because now already black TV is almost distilled mm-hmm. down to Sanford and son. Right. And maybe the Jeffersons. Maybe. And people are begrudging about the Jeffersons. Right. Right. You know? Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I wish people could see this, could see yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that watching this and, and enjoying it as much as I did. And I, you know, I watched it streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it. Yeah. So that, you know, the next time, like, you know, if I have some friends over or something like that, I'm going to pop this in and like, yo, just sit, let's, let's watch this movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you said, it is, it is, it is a, it, it is a warm movie. Yeah. It's it is just, a, it's funny, but it is, it's, it's really just a nice time at the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I I do remember seeing this movie in the motion in in the theater, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pretty sure I saw it with another movie. And I remember just getting wrapped up in like the colors and everything. I was little. I was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like wow, and it. it it, that's why it's always just left an impression upon me, yeah. and then returning to it as an adult, you just, you just glad that you know, it still holds the test of time, and it's like even more. So yeah. before you ask the question, I will answer the question. Okay. That I would definitely recommend that people see the Bingo Long Traveling All Stars and Motorcade. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think um, I'm a fan of the Motown films. And to be honest, I think The Wiz is better than this. But Ooh. I think this is, I don't, I don't even want to go down that road because okay. we're wrapping up. But I, I think this is the second best Motown film. And that's somebody who is obviously a fan of Mahogany and Lady Sings the Blues. Mm. But, um... I think this is a really, really good film. And and I think it's it's a film that that sits in good company of a lot of the films that we've you know, I think Claudine, Uptown Saturday Night, Fob on the Black Hand Side, like there is that you know, I thought that I thought you made a good point that there were flashier examples of films from this period that in a lot of ways sucked all the air out mm-hmm. of conversations. And this is a film that A is a comedy, B is a period piece. C does not have any sex in very little violence. So that you see how if you were kind of if you kind of come to the quote unquote black exploitation period looking for those grindhouse films, yeah. this is never going to come up. Exactly. And it's unfortunate that because it stars black people and it's made in the seventies, it gets lumped into that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But, but there is one caveat for this film is because it is a sports film and more specifically a baseball film, which is mm-hmm. definitely uh, a, a, a theme and a sport that Hollywood has returned to count, countlessly over over the years. Mm-hmm. This movie is considered one of the ten best baseball movies of all time, and it it probably and on some people's list is in the top five. The funny thing is, 
without knowing what that top 10 list is, I know for a fact that James Earl Jones is in three of them because he's in Field of Dreams. Right. And he's in the Sandlot. You're right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's in the Sandlot. And you're absolutely right. I know. I know. Yeah, absolutely right. I know. Wow. There you go. Because I know who makes these lists. (laughs) And white baby boomers love Field of Dreams. And they love the Sandlot. Have you ever seen Field of Dreams? I have. I think it's a great movie. I, I thought it was okay. I thought really. It was, I thought it was okay. Interesting. I thought it was okay. The Sandlot, I love. Love the yeah. I love the Sandlot. I feel like it may be my f- no. It's not my favorite Kevin Costner movie. My favorite Kevin Costner movie is um, what's the one spoiler for forty year old movie where he's accused of being a Russian? No way out. Yeah, No Way Out is my favorite Kevin Costner movie. Yeah, that's mine. But uh, Field of Dreams might be my second favorite. It's good. What? No, that's it's, not true. It's Waterworld, isn't it? Don't you like Waterworld? No, The Untouchables. Untouchables. Is my second favorite. But this is my third. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah. Field of Dreams is my third. You just keep on going down. What about Hidden Figures? <laughs> <laughs> if you use that for bingo, that's a Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> That would be the Kevin Costner movie. What's the Kevin Costner movie that starts with H and then you'd be hitting figures? But you can't spell bingo with H. Right, 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 right. right. No, you can't. So it right. Work. right. You know, it was hard to put that game together. Nope. Could you tell? I feel like I should give you one of those Simpsons cakes that says, <laughs> at least you tried. <laughs> I ask it out here. Before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to follow the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. You can go to MichelleMission.com, check out everything that is going on there, and you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs and shirts and t-shirts and mugs and stuff, uh, Six Degrees of Durville Martin collection that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friend at TeePublic. Every purchase puts a little bit up in our pocket and helps us keep the show free for you. You can get back to us, write us like Camellia will at michellemission at gmail.com. Send that email over to us. Or if you like, you can leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent Len what are on your mind. You can follow the Michelle Mission on all the social medias, Instagram, uh, Facebook, what is formerly known as Twitter. I'm going to call him Twitter. I'm going to call him Twitter. And, and one day we'll be on threads. But, uh, but you can find us at Michaud Mission uh, and, and like and follow us. Subscribe to the Michaud Mission on YouTube um, at Michaud Mission. We are nearing 1,000 subscribers. That's woo-hoo. Yes. So that'll be nice. Yeah. That'll be really nice. It, it means things. Yes, it does. Um, where was I? Oh, the Michelle Mission is streamed to you live every Tuesday night right here from Yunk Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace. Go to videocontentfactory.com and book your time in all the other Yunk Junk studios. This one is ours. Sure. 
All right. And the Michelle Mission is a proud member of The Podglomerate. ThePodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. Next week on the Michelle Mission, it's Vincent's turn at Mm -hmm. that. You could never tell because Vincent, believe it or not, dug into the crates. Did He dug deep into the crates. I did. I'm like, what? That's right. I had to do a double take on this one. That's right. Because Vincent went beyond the 1970s. I did. He went beyond the 1960s. I did. He went to 1957 to bring you Arib Gold. Arab Gold. Starring? Uh, Let me see. Well, I know um, Cicely Tyson's in it. Believe it or not. Yeah, Cicely Tyson is in it. Cicely Tyson. I mean, like, like... is she in like every like? I feel like she's. If this is not her first film, it's close. God, man, and she's really young. Real, real young, real young. A rib gold next week here on the Michelle Show. Until then, he's Vincent. When parting, we said we'll see you when it's time to meet again. The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams and edited by Len Webb with co-production by Mo Poplar, music by Alexa Gold, and filmed at the Video Content Factory. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network.